Hello and welcome to the WWE vs. AEW podcast. This is your WWE Fastlane 2021 review, recap and result show. We're also going to be talking about the Andrade contract situation. Um, well, no longer a contract situation because he has in fact been released. Um, we're going to be talking about the pay-per-view in detail later on as well as um, the new Japan Cup final, I'm not sure if you can pick up the noise from the outside, the builders, oh, the builders, right, these fucking builders, yeah, right, so, as I said before, I live in, like, the town centre, I don't know if you can hear it, if not, you're probably thinking, what's this guy going on about, it's yesterday, it's a Sunday, it's a Sunday, right, and I'm thinking, it's fast lane tonight, do you know what I mean, it's finishing in the UK, like, 2 o'clock, whatever, so, I could do probably to get a lie in. Do you know what I mean? I don't really lie in. I'm normally up six, seven, or four. If I can just stay in bed till like nine, ten o'clock. I'd had a few drinks Saturday. All right. And then, um, so it's about half eight, half eight. <laughs> Fucking drilling on a Sunday. I thought, are they allowed to do this on a Sunday? So yeah, that was me done. But luckily, luckily, because daylight saving time in the UK, we didn't actually... Usually it's like a four o'clock finish. Revolution was like half four. Didn't even make it all the way. But um, with the daylight saving in the States, the show actually finished at like... It was like 20 to two last night. But the show was that good, or I thought it was that good, that I actually stayed up and just read Twitter and just got everyone's thoughts on the show. So... Yeah, we'll get into the news in a minute, but I just want to say, I thought Fastlane yesterday, well, last night, I thought it was a really, really good show. I mean, the first hour, the first hour of the show was, it wasn't good, was it? The first hour of the show wasn't good, but then those last two hours, I just thought they were great, really. I mean, we had Nakamura Rollins, I thought it was good to really good. I thought it was better than their Survivor Series um, 2019, Survivor Series 2018, that was actually the first ever podcast that I ever did, it was a recap show, I remember being there, got me little shitty microphone, plugged it into my laptop, and I thought, what do I do here, I'll just fucking talk, so yeah, that was the first ever review we did, Survivor Series 2018, so if you want to listen to a horrible podcast, not saying that this is much better, go and check that out in our Apple podcast annals, uh, but yeah, so Nakamura Rollins was... It was good to really good, I'd say. It was better than that match at Survivor Series. There wasn't much build going into it. I mean, Nakamura's not really been used that much recently, except that gauntlet match. So, I don't really know. I don't really know, but it was good. It was good. Obviously, Rollins got the clean win as the heel, which you wouldn't really expect. But I suppose he's Nakamura's probably not going to be in a singles match at Mania, which is a shame. Um, we're going to be looking at Rollins versus Cesaro. Um, so Rollins had to get the win in that. And then we had um, we had Drew McIntyre, Sheamus. I mean, I don't think I've done a podcast since the Raw match. They had a match on Raw two weeks ago on Monday, which I actually stayed up to watch, believe it or not. Stayed up to watch. Um, and that was that was a great match. Great match on Raw that they had. It had a bit of a weird finish, but they were basically just doing it so they could have a big pay-per-view match, and they, they killed it, they killed each other, it was a no-holds-barred match, they brawled all over the Thunderdome, it was hard-hitting, in real life, they're obviously, like, really good friends, aren't they, so, they say that you're always gonna, um, like, go a little bit harder than you would on, say, someone you might not be friends with, but, yeah, those two got great chemistry, and to be honest with you, I'd like to see the two face each other, um, later, like again after WrestleMania, if that's possible, when Drew's got the title back. And then the main event, I say we're going to go into this more in detail after the news, but the main event Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns. 
These two should be, and they actually might be doing, well, they probably are doing. These two should be main event in WrestleMania. I know Edge is going to be in there, but for me, the, Dan the face Daniel Bryan versus heel Roman Reigns match feud is something that should, and people have been wanting to see since the Royal Rumble in 2015. The two have just got Roman Reigns' career, the direction it has gone basically stems from the Daniel Bryan stuff at the start. So I would have liked them to tell that story. They didn't, but the match itself was... It was fucking brilliant, weren't it? I mean, a part of me was thinking, I wish, one, this was the main event of Mania, two, there'd have been fans, but the match itself was just... It, it was fucking brilliant. Absolutely great match. For me, I put this up on Twitter last night. I'd go as far as to say... Best main roster match in years. I can't really think off the top of my head. I mean, I did... I thought Sasha Bailey at Hell in a Cell was, was great. Off the top of my head, I can't think of one. Maybe Brian versus Kofi, which I was there live for at Mania 35. That was probably the last... Do you know what I mean? Last great match that I can remember on the main roster. Someone's going to tweet me, I'm sure, saying, oh, you forgot about this one, which probably I have. But for me, off the top of my head... In the pandemic era, at least, the only match that compares to this is Sasha against Bailey um, at Hell in a Cell. So, yeah, no surprise to anyone, really. They had a great match. I would have just preferred, maybe, the um, the story to be a little different. But for whatever reason, whatever reason, it, it, it wasn't. But, um, yeah, so, so that's basically the, the, the show. As I said, the first hour of this show, I was sat there last night thinking, should I go bed or what? But I thought, no, no, there's some good matches on paper. On paper. My type on paper. There's some good matches on paper, so it was worth staying up for. And I did. It was really, really good. Right. Um, so let's get into some of the news um, from, really, from the weekend. I mean, the main thing coming out of the show is it is looking like, I mean, Dave Meltzer's reported that, I hate that, Dave, Dave Meltzer's reported. Dave Meltzer's reported that, no surprise, we are going to get a triple threat match main event in WrestleMania. It's going to be Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns versus Edge. Um, I'm not a fan of triple threat matches unless they're absolutely necessary. And I do think with the bad booking in the Roman Reigns-Edge feud, it was one of the only options they had left because they booked Edge to... I'm glad the builders have shut up. They'll probably come back on in a minute. But I think the way that they booked Edge, I've been saying this to weeks to people, and no one's listening. The way that they've booked Edge throughout this feud, you're in big danger of Edge getting booed at WrestleMania. Roman has not been in front of a live crowd since he's been heel. Something that we all wanted to see for years. So, it's to me, I still think it'll happen. Now, I do think Roman will get cheered at Mania. But you've got Brian in there, who's obviously loved by the fans there might be less of a chance of that happening. I do still think he'll probably get cheered. But if it had just been a one-on-one -on -one match, obviously, it's not as bad if it happens in a three-way. But if you get, you don't want to be seeing Edge get booed out of the building. So I do think it is the right decision to go with a three-way. Obviously, the finish of the match, we're going to go into more detail about that match later on. Um, but the finish of the match really does point towards a three-way. There is other options you could do, but the three-way is what is being reported, right? Other big news, big news. Thankfully, Andrade 
Sian Almas or La Sombre to some of you has been released, mutually released by WWE. He requested his release, what was it, like 10 days ago or something? And it was like, I think the rumors were it had been rejected. But thankfully, WWE have allowed Andrade to leave WWE. And I mean, people, it's tough these days because I feel like if you people, WWE fans are like, oh, well, why are you saying thankful? Thankfully, because he's not he's not been used right in WWE. He's never going to be used right. Vince McMahon clearly doesn't see the talent that 99 out of 100 fans see. I don't know what... Well, Vince probably wasn't watching him when he was killing it in NXT. Andrade, along with Johnny Gargano, has probably had the best match in w, under the WWE banner of the last decade. That match against Johnny Gargano, Andrade at the TakeOver in the night before the Rumble um, in 2018, was it? That was... That, that was that was such a great match. Such a great match. I don't understand. Seriously, someone, if anyone's like, oh, Vince. Vince. This guy's a star. Don't let him go. And Vince is like, I just don't see it, damn it. Well, fucking someone. Get out the WWE Network, a Peacock or whatever. Just show him that match. And if the guy doesn't realise how talented Andrade is after that, then he's no hope. But I don't even know, really. I mean, it's, it's strange because... Saying this to someone before, so WWE, like, they're trying to find this Hispanic star, aren't they? Find, they're trying to replace Rey Mysterio. They've been trying to do this for 10 years. They need a new Hispanic star. And they've just handed Andrade, who has really had the best chance of being that Hispanic star, they've just handed him on silver platter, along with Zelina, to AEW. I mean, AEW are now going to have Rey Phoenix, Penta, and Andrade. Three of the biggest stars in Mexico are going to be wrestling for AEW. So that Hispanic audience, you'd assume, is going to tune into AEW. Now, people are, people are going to be like, oh, well, how do you know he's going to sign for AEW? He'll go to New Japan, which I do think he will go to New Japan. He's obviously got the links with LIJ and all the history with LIJ. So I expect to see him at New Japan and in AEW, but which would be great. I mean, New Japan really do could do with someone like Andrade. Although they've had a great New Japan Cup, so I don't know why I'm saying that. But, I mean, there's people like, oh, maybe he'll sign for MLW. Maybe he'll sign for ROH. <laughs> he's, he's, not, he's not leaving WWE to sign for MLW or ROH. No offence to those two companies, but I think Andrade's kind of outgrown those two places. I think it's safe to say that. I mean, maybe he'll be on, who knows, maybe he'll be on Impact as part of this partnership, but I can't see it myself, it's going to be a New Japan, I mean, people saying that he, he probably just go to New Japan full-time, and I mean, I think that's a little bit premature to think that, a bit silly to think that, I mean, he's, do you know what I mean, he's basically, is he engaged to Charlotte, he, is he really going to want, if they're starting a family or whatever, which seems to be the trend with WWE female wrestlers at the moment, is he really going to want to go to Japan and be in Japan, like say, say Jay White that's there for seven or eight months of the year, is he really going to want to do that? Can't see it. Maybe it'd probably just more likely be a Moxley where he'll go to AEW and yeah, he'll fly over to New Japan, maybe for a tour here and there, probably at Wrestle Kingdom every year, at Dominion um, and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? We'll see him. Like, maybe he'll work the G1. Oh, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Andrade working the G1. That would be great. I mean, some of the matches that you've got, I mean, just off the top of my head, Andrade against Osprey, Andrade against Okada, on the AEW side, Andrade Phoenix. I mean, to me, you've just got it right there. You've got Andrade with Zelina versus Kenny Omega. Even Andrade versus Christian, I could see being something that I'd like to see. There's just so... The options are endless, aren't they? 
I mean, Penta against Andrade, Cody against Andrade. Oh, 90 days time is going to be fun. Hopefully they do a better job than they've done with Miro in that. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Andrade, I mean, it's going to, I think, what, what we're looking at, like June 20th, June 21st, will be around the time his 90-day no-compete will be up. So don't expect like Andrade to be showing up on Dynamite on Wednesday. But, yeah, it's definitely for the best. It's for the best. I mean, if WWE weren't going to use him... I mean, if you remember a year ago when he formed the tag team with... Uh, is it Angel Garza or whatever? Hector Garza Jr. to me, but... Um, so, I mean, it was always Garza that was like... He was positioned as the star in that duo. And it, I mean, he, he, he won the US Championship, didn't he? But he was never... When Andrade got called up, people with Zelina, we was like, oh, come on, there's so much stuff they can do with this guy, and it just never came to fruition, did it? So it's better that he gets out. If he's not going to be used as a main... I mean, if he's been sat there for months doing nothing, I mean, he's with Charlotte, one of the biggest stars in the company, and she still even... You know what I mean? She still can't get thrown a bone, even though he's with one of the biggest stars. I mean, it's just... I trust AEW to use him, right? I think Tony Khan, he's not stupid. I mean, if you said to me, out of Big Show, Christian Andrade, who would you most like AEW to sign? I'd be saying Andrade. People are saying, oh, it might be one too many WWE wrestlers. I think Meltzer was saying, I was listening to his um, show the other day, and he was saying that, oh, where'd you draw the line? Is it one too many? No, no, no. Andrade is one of the best workers on the planet, yeah. Him and Zelina are... I do have the potential to be one of the best acts on the planet. It's an absolute no-brainer. If AEW prepared to sign a Christian, prepared to sign a Big Show, then they can't say no to an Andrade. That act has been thrown into their lap. And I'm sure come June, come July, we will see Andrade with Thea Trinidad in AEW. I mean, one of the things to me is he's going to wear the mask. Well, Sombre obviously wore a mask. I mean, I don't think he needs to wear a mask. Let's just have him go out there and, yeah. So yeah, it's going to be exciting times, but before that, before we get into Fastlane, the show from last night, I just want to touch on, I mean, I do, I do, people say, oh, you're not a New Japan podcast, which we're not, but probably New Japan's the promotion that I enjoy watching the most. Maybe. I just want to say, I love watching WWE at the moment, I enjoy AWTV Weekly, but New Japan's like my bread and butter, right? And, but the reason I don't talk about it is simply... I'm sure other podcasters will reiterate this. The, the episodes that I've done on New Japan are probably the lowest downloads that you get. I mean, Wrestle Kingdom for me is like the highlight of the wrestling year, except for WrestleMania. And yeah, it's, it's, it's up there with that. Do you know what I mean? And then this year I did the re review. I did like a Wrestle Kingdom weekend and I got more downloads, yeah, for Payback last August. Couldn't believe this. Double the amount of downloads, I think it was, for Payback than I did for Wrestle Kingdom, so, I, don't get me wrong, I'd love to plug this microphone in, I'd love to get on here and talk about New Japan every week, but, just, <laughs> it just seems pointless, I'll just enjoy that as a fan, but I can't, I can't do this fast lane show, I can't do this show without talking about the New Japan Cup, I mean, I've heard a lot of people, I listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts saying, oh, the finish, New Japan, Gado doesn't know what he's doing, there's been a dip, there's been a dip, in uh, the quality of New Japan booking, which I'm not going to argue the booking in New Japan. There's been things that I've been like, mm, that doesn't seem very New Japan-like. But I watch New Japan on the whole for match quality, right? And this year, we've had Ibushi Jay White, Naito Ibushi, yeah? Jeff Cobb Shingo, Shingo Tanahashi, 
We've had the New Japan Cup, what they were. We had Okada Shingo. That was fucking great, yeah? We've had this week Shingo Osprey in the final. That was great. We had a great Osprey Zack Sabre match. I've just, off the top of my head, named seven or eight matches there that are among some of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen. That's seven or eight. So if that's a bad year for New Japan, where we're, having, where we're talking about seven or eight matches in the first three months of the year are some of the best matches we've ever seen. If that's a bad year for New Japan, bad year for New Japan, sorry, that just shows how high they set the bar. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's other things that I'm not too keen of. They push certain people. I'm not the biggest Great Okan fan. But nobody can say that New Japan continue to deliver the best matches in wrestling. And the New Japan Cup was just... More, every match was really good. There were some that weren't great, yeah. But on the whole, the matches were really good. Look, they did a great job with David Finlay. I love that David Finlay, Will Ospreay semi-final. thought that David Finlay had a really good match with Jay White. I didn't see Jay White losing that. But, hey, he helps get David Finlay over. And Jay White is probably probably going to take the never belt off Tanahashi in the next month or two. Um, but the one thing we've got to talk about, Shingo and Will Ospreay. Two years ago, I'm sure, I hope, I'd like to think all of you have seen it. If you've not seen this match, go and watch it, because it's one of the best matches to ever take place. That was Shingo against Will Ospreay in the Best of the Super Juniors final. Um, I think it was like June 2019. That was when both of them, that, basically the Best of the Super Juniors was basically, one block it was Shingo, the other block it was Ospreay, and they basically won all the matches. I think they might have been like, I think Shingo won all these matches, Ospreay lost two. But they were both just having classic match after classic match. Um, so, And then they met in the final of that tournament. And they just had an absolute classic, unbelievable match. Osprey won that match. And then they both went on to become heavyweights. They left the junior division behind after that. And here we are, what, just short two years later. They did have a match in the G1, um, which I think Shingo won that match. That was a really good match. It wasn't quite on the level of these two matches, but... Sunday, I woke up Sunday morning thanks to them builders and I thought, right, time for Shingo Osprey. I'm listening to the drill and I'm thinking it's fucking Shingo Osprey in the New Japan Cup final. And these fuckers are working on a Sunday. So put my earbuds in. And this match, 25 minutes, 30 minutes of absolute brilliance. It was a fantastic match. Probably not as good as the New Japan Cup final. Not the New Japan Cup final, sorry, the uh, best of the Super Juniors final. But, obviously, they didn't I hate going back to They didn't have the crowd, did they? They just had the clap crowd. But the action in the match was just great. They had different dynamics. This is the first time Osprey's worked against Shingo as a heel. He did, like... He used a lot more of his, like, junior moves than he has done at any other point during this heel run. But the match itself was great. It was just... I actually thought... I thought Shingo was going to win this, and I kind of wanted him to win it. Shingo and Osprey are two of my favourite, hit the term favourite wrestlers, two of my favourite wrestlers to watch. I want to see them at the top of these New Japan cards. I feel like we need like a bit of freshness at the top of New Japan. It's always Okada, Naito, Evil at the moment, Sonada. We need to get Osprey in there. We need to get Shingo in there. I knew, I know Osprey is going to be in there. Year, two years time, Osprey. He's one of the top guys in New Japan if he's not already. But Shingo, it's like. Is he going to be like that issue where they just don't quite pull the trigger on him? So I wanted Shingo to win this, just to get him in that scene. But wasn't to be. And I was surprised with the outcome, but Osprey won the match in what was... It's going to be one of the matches of the year, isn't it? Um, these two are having their own match of the year competition. Shingo's had classic matches with Jeff Cobb, with as I said, with Tanahashi, and um, with Okada. 
Osprey's had a great match with Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. He had a great match with Sabre where he broke his nose in the quarterfinal, was it, in the New Japan Cup? And then this match. These two, they're just on absolute... They're on a different planet, aren't they? They're on a different planet to everyone else. Um, but yeah, the, the big thing was after the match. So after the match... Osprey, right? That promo, I've watched that numerous times. Yesterday, I was living off this promo. Unbelievable stuff. Osprey's there. He's talking to Ibushi, and he's like, look, this, that title on you means more than anything to me, and more than anyone. And he turns around. He looks at B Priestley. Oz cutter to B Priestley. And I've heard people, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. It's wrestling, Yeah. He's showing how much the title means to him by hitting an Ozcutter on his bird. Absolutely brilliant. Do you know what I mean? In the Attitude Era 20 years ago, we were all, we, we were all watching. We were all crying when this stuff was going on. This, what Osprey did, yeah, it's, it's, it makes more people interested. It makes the title seem more important. There's something about this Ibushi Osprey match. Now I'm sat thinking, what a great angle. Then the post-match interview where Osprey's there with the boys, with a beer, they're all single, they're going out to the nearest bar. It was just a great interview, and yeah, do you know what I mean? It just gets more momentum behind the Empire, and it was, I just thought it was absolutely fantastic. I, I was sat there, it was about 11am yesterday morning, and I was like, oh, wrestling's fucking brilliant, in it? And I thought, Jesus, I'm, I'm going to be watching Fastlane about nine hours, and I'm sure my opinion will change, but... It didn't. So, without further ado, we're going to wrap up our New Japan talk. And we're going to get into the Fastlane pay-per-view. But I do want to say, just before we go into that, just go and watch. If, if you're looking for a few matches, you, you're like, maybe you're not like the biggest New Japan fan. Go and watch Shingo Osprey. Go and watch Osprey Zack. And go and watch um, Okada Shingles. Three matches for you there. Take you about an hour and a half to watch. All of them, brilliant. You'll have a great hour and a half, trust me. Trust me, you'll have a great hour and a half. But we're going to get into last night. So, after my day of watching New Japan Cup, I realised normally after um, the pay-per-views is when like the Broken Skull Sessions goes live, doesn't it? And then I actually, I always think, they actually put this on beforehand, don't they? Like about six hours before. So I've... Randy Orton... Yeah. It's tough, isn't it? Because he he does phone it in at times. But Randy Orton, there's no getting away from it. I know people might not agree with this on the internet. Randy Orton is one of the greats. He is. He's been around now for 17 years, yeah? He, 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 the guy's great. The guy's great. He doesn't always... He doesn't always show it, but... The guy's great. The guy's a legend. Ten years... Say, five years after Randy Orton's retired... He'll be like John Cena is now, where people will actually realise just how great he was and just what a big part of the last 15, 20 years of wrestling he's been. And it was just great. We I think the only time I can think of like a long or an interview that I've listened to, like a podcast, was he was on like the Edge and Christian podcast about, I don't know, like four or five years ago, maybe. I think I listened to it at my nana's house and I moved out of there in like 2015. Unless I'm completely wrong, but I'm sure it was around. Was, was the Edge and Christian podcast even going then? But I don't know. It was a long time ago, anyway. Um, so he was on there. That was when they were both retired, Edge and Christian. But yeah, so we've really never had that big Orton interview. So I was really looking forward to this Broken Skull Sessions. I mean, and I got... it Because it started... I, I put it on about 9 o'clock, and I watched the first hour, and I was like, this is great. This is great. And I was like, oh... 
I need to go and get some snacks for fast lane here. So I went and got some uh, Aero peppermint balls. Absolutely unbelievable. Some Milky Bar Easter eggs. Yeah, it was a great time. Peanut butter snicker. Ooh, did that hit the spot last night. And a Calippo. But enough about my snacks. So yeah, I had to only watch the first hour. So I haven't actually, as soon as I finish recording this, I am going to watch the last 45 minutes to an hour of the Randy Orton thing. But definitely go and check that. The first hour was great. Randy Orton. I sent a message to my mate. I was like, I just hope he's as cool. And as smooth as I, in my head, he is. And he is every bit of that. Him and Austin are just sat there. Two just proper blokes talking about wrestling. Having a few JDs. What more could you want? It was fucking brilliant. And yeah, definitely, definitely go out your way to watch it. As I'm sure most of you will. But I had to turn it off. Because for some bizarre reason, WWE decided to put Matt Riddle against Ali on the pre-show. The pre-show. Matt Riddle, one of the best wrestlers. I know, like, Vince is, like, apparently quite warm um, to Riddle. Apparently, he's a big fan of him, but... Which is great, yeah, but he clearly just sees him as a comedy guy, unfortunately. Sees him as a comedy guy, but, hey, he likes him enough to give him a new three-year contract. He likes him enough to put the US belt on him, but I just feel like the indie wrestler Matt Riddle that I loved was... Yeah, he, he joked about himself, but he was dead serious when it came to it. And he is serious in the ring, but... Yeah, I want to see Riddle at the top of the card fighting. I still want to see that Goldberg match. I want to see Riddle against Lesnar. I want to see Riddle against, like, Orton, against Brian, against Roman. And I just feel like, am I ever going to see that? Imagine Riddle against Roman. I'd love to. I think, I think that will happen. I think Paul Heyman's not stupid. And I think he will realise that a Riddle-Roman feud later down the line will be great. But obviously, they're on different brands. So I don't know what I'm talking about that for. But yeah. Um, so the pre-show was Matt Ridley retained the title against um, Ali. I think it, it went about seven or eight minutes. It was just like, it was like a really good sprint. The action in the match was really good, um, as you'd expect. But I was thinking, come on, these two on pay-per-view. Just give them 15, 20 minutes on the main show. Um, but yeah, they did it on the pre-show. There's one thing that did annoy me. I tweeted this out. And it, it's a proper pet peeve of mine. And it's where wrestlers are led down on the mat getting pinned. And what they'll do, they'll tilt the head and stare at the referee. And it's like, I know you want to time it so it's perfect. You kick out just before the three. But I'd like to think, do you know what I mean? That you're experienced enough to just do it. There's a guy that, like, you'll never see do that. And that's Kent Omihara. I always notice he doesn't do it. I mean, some of the greats do. I've seen Okada do it. But Mustafa Ali literally, his head be like that. And he literally twisted his head to look at the ref. And I really don't like that. But... Maybe I'm on an island of my own there, but that was the only negative of the match. Riddle retains, should have gone longer, but it was good. I went three and a quarter stars on it. After the match, Retribution, Ali sort of turned on Retribution and they beat the shit out of him. So, what a waste it is, isn't it? I mean, it was only nine months ago. They was in the main event of SmackDown and Raw, destroying the thing. And then, what are they? Pre- they, they broke up the stable. Night. They were brought in to be a main event stable. At least they was in the main event at the start. Nine months later, they're breaking up on the pre-show of a C-level pay-per-view. Jesus Christ. But yeah, So that was the pre-show. Best part of the pre-show was my Aero Peppermint Easter eggs. But yeah, I feel bad saying the match was alright, but I would have liked to have seen it on the main card. Um, the first hour of the show, I don't know if it's because it was the early start time, I was like texting people, I was looking through Twitter, I felt like I, felt like I wasn't, I'm used to watching these pay-per-views at like 12 where all, all the people I speak to are in bed, or like 
Do you know what I mean? I'm ready. I'm in the zone. Whereas I wasn't. So it took me a bit to get going here. The opener was um, Nia, against, Nia and Shayna defending the tag titles against Bianca and Sasha. Um, this this match was just there. A lot of matches on this show in the early part were just there to be angles. You know, like going into Mania. That was the only thing they was there for. Um, they could have really been done on TV. But yeah, I suppose you've got a pay-per-view to fill. Obviously, this pay-per-view was there. Mainly people were rumouring just to be like a test. I mean, they didn't want to... Like, when UFC first went on Fight Pass, I think they had a lot of problems. ESPN Plus, sorry. They had a lot of problems on that first pay-per-view. So, I think they wanted... Do you know what I mean? To make sure that there, was this, there wasn't problems at WrestleMania so they could do the fast lane pay-per-view just to make sure. And by, by, from what I've read, um, there wasn't many problems on Peacock. Obviously, I'm in the UK, as you can tell by my lovely accent. So, not a problem for me, but... Yeah, so the match itself, it was just like a TV match, you know what I mean? It was, I can't really remember much from it. The main thing was after where, and I did like the angle after. So, they're arguing about the finish. Nia and Shayna retain, and Sasha basically pokes Bianca in the head, slaps her, and goes, you're the rookie, and walks off. And I've seen them, Alvarez, tweet out, oh, that's the Sasha heel turn. And I'm thinking, you're just trying to be funny there. So then when on SmackDown, she's not actually a fully-fledged heel, you've got something to complain about. And I'm a big fan of Alvarez, but I think with that, it was clear to everyone it wasn't a full it wasn't a full heel turn, was it? If it was a full heel turn, she'd have got a chair, beat her out. Do you know what I mean? Beat her down with a chair. She wouldn't just slap her and call her a rookie. Sasha's always had a bit of an arrogance to her face. And I think the right way to go with this is not to turn Sasha full heel because Sasha as a heel at Mania is probably going to get cheered, yeah? Instead, you have her as the baby face that acts like a bit of a dick. Because that will... It's funny, the baby face that acts like a bit of a dick is more likely to get booed than the actual heel in 2021. So I think if you just have Sasha trying to be a baby face with being a bit of a dick the crowd are going to get behind Bianca, which is the main aim. I'm I'm assuming the main aim is to get Bianca to win the belt, to get a WrestleMania moment, to get cheered, and to put on a really good match. So, Sasha being tweener is better than being fully-fledged heel for me in this. So, I thought this was good booking, and yeah, fully expect Sasha to just carry on being like this on the road on the last three SmackDowns before WrestleMania. So, it wasn't about the match. It was about the angle after... Um, I went two and a half stars, but I don't think it really matters, does it, about the star ratings for this. Um, next, we had the Intercontinental title match, which was, again, like the first match. I, w- I was hoping that this was going to be really good, but it, it was clear that we got the full video package before, and I was laughing to myself. At the start of this video package, Apollo had an American accent, and by the end of this video package, he's got a Nigerian accent. I'm not going to do a Nigerian accent because I'll just embarrass myself, but... He's he's got the full Nigerian accent. It was just like Jesus Christ. I'm got. I thought to myself, I'm glad I'm watching this alone. But the match actually started off quite well. They're beating the shit out of each other. But it just sort of like just as it was starting to get going, it it ends. I think they botched the finish. I mean, they didn't even bother to show us a replay. So I'm assuming it was botched. But it was like Biggie, like sort of like small package dim, and it was like it was one of them where it's like. Did the ref count three and it wasn't, he wasn't meant, she, she, what, I think it was the female referee from NXT, who was in NXT, maybe I'm wrong, and it was like, was that an accidental pinfall or what, but the match stopped, and even the commentators, Michael Cole didn't have a clue, Apollo beat him down after the match, so Michael Cole was like, oh, I'm assuming that Big E won, so yeah, 
Big E retain the title in a match that I'm not sure if they needed to do it, did they really? But hey, it's like Big E's beat Apollo enough leading into this match. But I'm assuming Apollo's going to win the belt at Mania. But it's not often you see a heel win the belt at Mania. So does Big E win again? I don't know, really. I mean, I really think Big E's the guy. No offense to Apollo, I think Big E's the guy that you want to be a star coming out of this. So you'd really want Big E to get his big WrestleMania moment. But WrestleMania is traditionally the show where all the baby faces get the win. So I actually thought going into this, maybe Apollo will win via shenanigans and then Big E will win the title back at Mania. But no, they didn't go for this. But I do like the fact they're facing each other at Mania. It's it's not a big match, is it? But it's a match. I like matches at Mania that have a lot of build going into it. And Big E Apollo has been building for a while. Yeah, the match itself was like, I'm not even going to throw a star rating on it, to be honest. Next, this is where I was thinking, should I go to bed here? Shane McMahon's pretending he's injured. So instead of getting this Braun versus um, Shane McMahon match, no, we're looking, we're getting that WrestleMania instead, um, by the looks of it. We get Strowman versus Elias. I'm not going to lie, but this is my notes for this match. Strowman v Elias, Strowman won. Yeah. Moving on, <laughs> I have nothing to say about that, it was just an angle to prolong us out to Mania where we're going to get Strowman versus Shane, I'm sure Shane's going to jump off something big, um, but yeah, so this is the first, that was the first 45 to 50 minutes of the pay-per-view and it wasn't great, but as I always say with a pay-per-view, your pay-per-views are remembered for your main events, always, always, that's what, that's what you well, you don't pay to see it because it's a monthly subscription, but that's what we're there for. We're there for the... Obviously, it's great. Don't get me wrong. I love a good opener. For openers, great. Perfect. Rollins, Balor, um, and The Miz at Mania 34 was great. The crowd loved that. I thought it was brilliant. Seth against Miz the month after at Backlash was great. So, yeah, it is great if you can get a good opener, but it doesn't always happen. I'd much prefer the last two, three matches to be great. Set a pace throughout the show. Um, it's like, look at Revolution. I mean, I got a bit of shit on Twitter for that last night because I did think Fastlane was better than Revolution. Um, Revolution, the best match that night was the opener and it was all downhill from there. Um, but yeah. Um, anyway, before we get into that, before we, I fall down that hole, let's get into it. Rollins Nakamura, as I touched on it at the start of the show, this was their second pay-per-view out in the match was just Nakamura's like Cesaro, well, he was Cesaro's tag team partner. Um, so it made sense that he'd be fighting for his partners on there against Rollins um, before the Rollins-Cesaro match at Mania. Um, they got quite a lot of time. I think they got like 16, 17 minutes. I, a lot of people saying it was it was okay. I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought they were. I was, I was just happy to see Nakamura getting to go out there. Rollins, yeah, it was good. These two should... I think they would possibly have a better match in a different promotion maybe. But nonetheless, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, it's amazing what happens when you just let two of your best workers go out there and wrestle. No bullshit. But yeah, um, Nakamura should be so much more, which I've alluded to, but he's happy, so we should be happy for him, I guess. Um, although the heel goes over the baby face here, you couldn't really have Nakamura get the win, could you? Didn't really make sense. Rollins is the one going on to Mania to face Cesaro, we're assuming. So yeah. Um, so I was really enjoying the match. I was thinking, yeah, this is really good, this. And then just out of nowhere... There was like a 10 second pause in the match, a lull in the match, and then Rollins hit the curb stomp. I probably would have gone higher on it if not. I went three and a half stars. Um, probably would have gone three and three quarters, touching four, maybe not four, but 
thought I really enjoyed this. this is where the show picked up and it was really good I think I'm one of the high people on that match because I've seen a lot of people saying it was okay but I thought it was really good so fuck them um next we had Drew versus Sheamus now so I've got friends that don't really watch WWE every week um and I, I've been saying to people this Drew versus Drew Sheamus for me, I, I don't care what anyone says. I've never been the biggest fan of Sheamus. He, he's solid, he's good, yeah. But it's like, no one's really thinking, oh, I can't wait for that Sheamus match. But this feud with Drew, don't think it's been well booked, but it's been consistent. Do you know what I mean? It's a story we've had going since November. I wouldn't have booked it the way they did. But I think Sheamus has been great. He's been great. this So far this year, Sheamus, for me, has probably been the rest of the year in WWE. I think he's been brilliant. These two have had great TV matches. Sheamus' character's great. I said, I put this on Twitter before these matches last night. To me, Drew versus Sheamus, Brian versus Roman should have been our main events for Mania. I mean, we've we've this Drew Sheamus match yeah, that took place tonight. They had great match, two great matches on Raw. The one last week was my favorite. I thought two weeks ago was my favorite. I thought that was brilliant. But it's like instead of having a match that's been built up since November, a long story, yeah, we could have had that main event mania. Instead, we're going with Drew versus Lashley, which on paper Drew versus Sheamus is not a WrestleMania main event, yeah. Neither's Drew versus Lashley, but. The Drew Sheamus feud has been built that well that on paper, yeah, it's not a main. I don't know what I'm looking at, but on paper, it's not a Mania main event. But the feud has warranted a Mania main event. So I'd much prefer to see Drew Sheamus main event Mania instead. We've got three weeks to build Lashley against Drew, and it's just a thrown together. Let's get Drewy's moment. Whereas for me, they should have just kept the title on Lashley, done whatever they wanted to do with Lashley. Had Sheamus be the one who got the belt off The Miz, or whatever they wanted to do, he should have won the title at Elimination Chamber, fuck The Miz, yeah, fuck The Miz, and we could have had Drew, Drew beating Sheamus, this basic match, this match main event in Mania, and it would have been great, imagine this match, no, they couldn't have done it the way that they did, in front of a live crowd, it would have been great, now I'm not saying that Drew versus Lashley won't be a good match, I've seen them have the match at Backlash last year, it was good, but there's not a good feud going into it, they've got three weeks to it, there's not a good feud going into it, and on paper, it's not a Mania main event. So that's two big red crosses for me. I'm sure on the night, it'll be fine. But I would have had a lot more excitement going into a Drew versus Sheamus match. Can't believe I'm saying that. But after the last three months of good work, I would have been more excited seeing that. Whereas the people who haven't watched WWE for months are going to see Drew versus Sheamus. Why is this idiot excited about that? But as people who've watched it, we've seen it grow each week. But I'm now with them. Drew versus Lashley. I'm not, I'm not really bothered about that. Do you know what I mean? It's not what I want to see at WrestleMania. I know a lot of people are like saying, oh, Lashley's amazing at the moment. He's, do you know what I mean? He's been pushed well. But hey, I'm sure they'll have a good match at Mania. It's just at the moment, I'm not quite excited. I'm sure MVP will sell us on that match over the next few weeks. Hopefully, they do a good job and get us excited because it's going to probably go on last on one of the nights. Um, but yeah, the match itself, it was just... I mean, if you've seen any of these Drew Sheamus matches, it was what you expect. These two get the best out of each other. And the video package before was sensational. It's showing, like, videos of, um, like, Drew in, in Scotland, videos of Sheamus in Ireland, showing them um, working together in Irish Whip Wrestling. It shows the story 
Drew always stealing Sheamus's spotlight and that Sheamus is pissed off that he's the chosen one. Just great storytelling. The match itself was Drew comes out with a Scottish face paint. Um, but they brawl everywhere. There's kendo sticks. They're hitting each other so hard they're all busted up. Like Drew throws Sheamus from the top of the Thunderdome down like those what the pods or whatever people down there. Um, we get like what white noise through the announce table. Um, it was just great. Drew it. The, 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 the match ends when I think Drew. Sheamus brings in like a piece of the announce table. Drew counts it, hits his uh, Future Shock DDT, is it, onto uh, this like big chunk of the announce table, and then he hits. I think was it the Claymore for the win? I think at first I thought did he hit a bro kick? I was half asleep, but I'm not half asleep. But I was like, yeah. But I think it was a Claymore. It's the Claymore for the win. It was a great match. It's a shame that this feud is over. I mean, we built all that up for two matches on Raw and a semi-main event at Fastlane. I feel like it deserved a bit more, but. Um, I went four stars on it. One of my favourite WWE matches of the year. I loved it. I loved it. I think... It's one of them. I think if you just went into this match and watched it blind, you might not get as much enjoyment out of it as someone like me who's watched it over the month. So, I'm sure there'll be people who just, like, watch WWE pay-per-views. But, yeah, it was good. It was good. But you've not got that investment in it, which is a big deal um, in some of these matches. But, yeah, great match between these two. And, yeah, I want to see... Drew's going to win the title at Mania, you'd assume... Just, let's just go back to Drew versus Sheamus. Do you know what I mean? Why not? Why not? Let's like, let, I think they deserve to have a title match. I, I wouldn't even mind seeing them having a match that isn't a no-hold bar. Every match they've had seems to be like a no-hold. Let's have, them have a proper wrestling match, see what they do. I know it's like not the way you should do it, having the hardcore matches followed by the wrestling match, but I think these two could work well with that, and I would be interested to see. I think they, they did have a singles match on Raw, which wasn't hot, like... No DQ, didn't they, before? But yeah, great match. Go and watch it. And this, you know what I mean? We had, I went three and a half stars rolling Nakamura, Rollins Nakamura, sorry, and then four stars on Drew versus Sheamus. So yeah, this is where the show really started to pick up. And then we got Alexa versus Randy Orton. Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton. And it was, I'm a fan of The Fiend. I, the matches aren't great, are they? But I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I like, I, it's tough. I wouldn't say I love it, but I do. There's certain parts of it I like. I like some of the video packages. I think are cool. I like the Firefly Funhouse match. I actually like that Swamp match. Sorry, but I did. Hands up, I did. Um, I've always liked Bray Wyatt. I mean, it's a shame his ring work isn't quite up there, but I think he's a good character. I actually like the TLC match the two had, but didn't like the Worms match that they had at Mania Thirty Three. I was in that building thinking, what is going on here? But yeah, I, I don't like the new mask. I don't like the new outfit. Um, Orton's just running away from Alexa. He blocks fire. Um, it, it was funny. So Alexa fire, <laughs> Alexa fires, shoots fire. Sorry, towards Orton. Michael Cole goes. I don't think Bliss got all of that. And I thought not Michael Cole, Tom, Roberts or whatever. And Phillips, sorry, Tom Phillips. I was like. Fucking hell, it's one of my pet hates when commentators go, I don't think they got all of that move. Do we really need to shout it when someone's shooting fire at someone else? Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, so the match ends with The Fiend sticking his hand up from the ring. Grabs Orton, hits Sister Abigail, and Alexa, in the most sexual position you would ever see, climbs on top of Randy Orton, mounts him, for the three part, three count, 
I mean, I'm a red-blooded male, so yeah. Oh, and it could be in, find himself in worse positions. Trust me. But just a bit. I don't know where that came from, but yeah, I'm sure Kim was watching at home loving this. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Alexa Bliss defeats Randy Orton, and we're going to get Randy Orton versus The Fiend, that mania. Are they going to do it? Is it going to be like a Firefly Funhouse, or are they going to do it in front of the live crowd? Not sure how that crowd reacts. I mean, I've heard people say maybe they'll try and like blow blow stuff up, blow, blow, blow each other up or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, to show that they can do it because AEW couldn't. So that might be interesting. But yeah, you can't really give this match a star rating. It was it was there. It was an angle to get um to get the fiend back. So I wouldn't say I didn't hate it like some people did. I it was just there, weren't it? Be interesting to see where this goes for three weeks. Right, main event, main event, the main event. Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. Six years in the making i mean i feel like people might just, just not remember this story as well as me i can't believe they did this match babyface daniel bryan heel roman reigns we've wanted to see this for six years people forget how the clamor was to see this match years ago yeah i don't because i always i always feel grateful when i see stuff like this right but why have it on a sea level pay-per-view in front of no fans. I mean, you could say that's not their fault, but they could have done it in Mania. And the story is not centered around Daniel Bryan being the reason that Roman Reigns is the dick heel today. Because Roman Reigns was not accepted as a babyface going into that match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 31. Purely because the fans wanted Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar that year at WrestleMania. Roman was rejected because of Daniel Bryan. People like, no, that wasn't... Yeah, it was. That was what happened. The segments two years after this year, two years after the Royal Rumble in 2015, Roman Reigns just stood in a ring and the crowd were all chanting Daniel Bryan at him. Yeah? Daniel Bryan's not been sitting on TV for months at this point. This was when, like... There was all the like the stuff about the company wouldn't let Daniel Bryan go out and wrestle. They eventually forced him to retire, yeah. So this storage feel like they just needed to remind people of the feelings that they had six years ago. I've never forgot. I was like one of the most passionate story most into a storyline I've been. So I never forgot. But I feel like other people did forget how big that was at the time. Um, and yeah, it's just a shame that WWE if it, I hate to say if it was an aid of AW, AW would have never like pushed Roman instead of Brian at that time. But I feel like they'd remember the history a little bit better. But hey, that wasn't the case. Um, the feud itself has actually been all right. Brian's always going to be good on a microphone. Roman's gold. Paul Heyman. Do you know what I mean? The three of them mixed together. Even Edge Edge's great promo. It's always going to be good in it. But. I don't know. I watched the fast lane match. See, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns have had two big singles matches, and they've both been on fast lane. It's a WrestleMania main event for fuck's sake. One on one, Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns should be main event in WrestleMania in front of a red hot crowd, not at fast lane. Twice we've seen this match at fast lane. Pinnock, can they not just put it on a big show? But we'll see. We'll see. I suppose I shouldn't complain. We're getting the triple threat at Mania, we'd assume, but. Let's get into the match. I mean, <laughs> the match itself. I mean, if anyone's questioned if Daniel Bryan is good enough, 
It is still the Daniel Bryan he was. I'm pretty sure they got their answer here. Daniel Bryan was unbelievable in this match. The guy, he was like a kid in a sweet shop at the start of this match. He's dancing around Roman Reigns, submissions. Yeah, I, it was just great to watch Daniel Bryan just be as happy as he was at the start of this match and throughout. You could see he was loving it. I know he's like got this thing where he feels like he needs to help the business and push every, let everyone else beat him and stuff. But Daniel, you are... 39 years old, we're screaming out for a top babyface, Edge isn't the top babyface, because he's a better heel, Roman Reigns, a better heel, you are a fucking amazing babyface, you're the guy that should be the top babyface in the company at the moment, we don't need you doing jobs to Cesaro, to Nakamura, do you know what I mean, you should be at the top of the card, you're the best babyface wrestler in the company, don't get me wrong, I would love WWE to do this. I know they won't, but I'm begging you. Just give us Daniel Bryan in a G1. Please. Da- right. New Japan are no threat to WWE, yeah. They're no threat to WWE. Please. Just once. Just once. Just, just say. Let's just strike a deal, right? Let's get Daniel Bryan out there in the G1. Just once. I'm begging you. New Japan, as I said, no threat to your business. Let's get Daniel Bryan G1. It's a month. It's a month. Let's have Daniel Bryan versus Okada. Daniel Bryan versus Tanahashi. Daniel Bryan versus Zack Sabre. Daniel Bryan versus Shingle. Daniel Bryan versus Will Ospreay. I'm sure there's others. Ugh, please. It's a crime. I just want to see him work with these. I don't want him. It's not like I want him in AEW. Oh, I'd like it, but I don't want him in AEW. It's not like I'm saying let's have him full time. I know he wants to be in WWE. Please. I'm sure he'd love to just work a G1 with those guys. Please, he did a podcast, didn't he, an interview the other week where he was like, oh, I want to work with this guy, I want to work with that guy. And I was like, oh, you say all this, but you stay with WWE. But please, let's just get him in the G1, please. Um, but yeah, I'd say he's amazing. It was probably never going to happen, but he's amazing in this match. I mean, have you ever seen a match with as many submission attempts as this? The guy is just, he is one of the best wrestlers ever, ever. I just... I wonder what his catalogue of matches would be like if he hadn't have had those two years where he was forced not to wrestle. Three years, pretty much. And if he hadn't spent the last three years, let's be honest, doing fuck all. Do you know what I mean? That's six years of his career. Ugh. Anyway. Anyway, I want to see Riddle versus Brian as well. But the match itself, I mean, I love the fact they got a lot of time. It was like 25 minutes and... Sat there and thought, this is fucking good, this. Roman was great. And there's Paul Heyman on the outside. I, I was surprised they let Brian get as much offense as they did. But obviously with the inevitability of them having him in the triple threat match uh, at the end, the way they booked it, they had to pretty much do it. But it was just great to see. Brian's... This match, I mean, people... Someone tweeted me saying that Fastlane, the match at Fastlane 2015 was better than this. It wasn't. I watched it. Actually... Spoiler, I did did a podcast on Fastlane 2015, which I'm going to upload um, in a few months' time when we launch something else. Um, so I've watched that match for something else, and it was this match was miles better. You know what I mean? People's memory can sometimes be like, oh, listen, but I watched it the other week, and the match last night was leaps and bounds better. The only benefit that match had was that it had a crowd and no interference. But this match, I don't even think it was harmed by the interference. It made it exciting. Um, we got all sorts, didn't we? We got... The ref goes down, Brian hits the running knee on the ref by mistake, edges in as the enforcer who's on the outside. This is all after 25 minutes of just great wrestling. Um, we get Jey Uso attacks Edge, 
And then we got Brian hitting Edge by accident with a chair. This is just like, it's like your great Attitude Era main event, but with the 25 minutes of excellent wrestling beforehand. So this was just everything you could want. Um, in a match, sometimes people like might not like the interference, but I thought it was great. If, if this match would have had a crowd, I th- I'd be going five stars. I really do think it would be a five-star match if you'd have had the crowd going berserk for this. Um, so yeah, Brian, he, he's got the yes lock in after numerous summits. He's got the yes lock in on Roman, and Roman eventually taps. He only slightly taps. You've got Paul Heyman on the outside going, think of your family, think of your kids, but Roman taps. The whole story going into the match was Brian was saying he was going to make Roman tap, and he did. But the ref was down. The special enforcer was too busy picking up a chair, and he edge nailed Daniel Bryan with a chair, nailed Roman, screams, this was supposed to be my WrestleMania, storms off. So he's more likely, I think he'll be the tweener in the match. But he's basically, he's more heel than Sasha is at the moment. But I think, as, as I said, go back and listen to previous podcasts the last few months. I said, Edge, I even called this. I feel like going back and finding the order. I said, Edge will be forced to turn heel because he's no good as a babyface. And look what's happened. We didn't even get past fast lane, And here he is. Edge is now a heel. So, yeah, you're welcome. Should have listened. Um, but, yeah. So, then, so, Edge beats them both down with a chair. Roman... I didn't like this because it was like, oh, they were both sort of getting his feet. And Roman just like puts his hand over um, Daniel Bryan and pins him. But yeah, it wasn't the best ending. But the match itself, I just loved it. I think I just enjoyed watching Daniel Bryan just having the time of his life. We finally got the babyface Bryan versus heel Roman. Yeah, it wasn't where I wanted it to be. But you can't have everything, can you? But just, just amazing stuff. Attitude Era-esque match with... The technical brilliance that we're used to in 2021. It was just, I loved it. I loved this match. The fans would have been losing their shit when Edge fucking hit, uh, basically ruined the match and hit Brian with a chair. Just great, just great stuff. I'm so excited for WrestleMania. I mean, there's a few ways they could go with it. Obviously, it's probably going to be a triple threat. I thought maybe they could have done Brian versus Edge night one, winner faces Roman night two. Or Brian versus Jey Uso. They still could do this. I think they might do this. Maybe Brian versus Jey Uso. Jey Uso deserves a singles match at Mania for how good he's been these last six months. Maybe do Brian Jey Uso Uso night one. If Brian wins, he gets added to the triple threat match. If you remember Mania 30, Daniel Bryan did have to go through Triple H to get added to that triple threat match. But yeah. Gutted. Gutted. Daniel Bryan's going to be a babyface in the main event of WrestleMania, fighting for the title. I've been to all these WrestleManias watching average shows and the match that I'd love to be there for. Instead, I'm going to be sat here with this microphone reviewing it from home. Oh, well, I'll be in Dallas next year. Touch wood. Um, But yeah, so that was the main event of the pay-per-view. I went four and a half stars on it. I love this match. I'd be shocked if this isn't my WWE match of the year at the end of 2021. But yeah, what a pay-per-view. I mean, for me, I'm not bothered that the first hour wasn't great. Well, it was poor. But I got a really good Nakamura-Rollins match, a great Drew versus Sheamus match, and a classic Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan match. I'm happy. You've given me my face Brian heel Roman match um, and delivered it. Great, just a shame it wasn't in front of fans. But I feel like that's the running theme of the podcast at the moment. How many times... If you had to have a shot after every time I said, it's a shame there were no fans, you'd be fucking smashed. But, yeah, that was the pay-per-view. As I say, I really enjoyed it, really enjoyed it. Um, If if you've not watched it, go and watch Roman Bryan, Drew Sheamus, and Nakamura Rollins. Um, 
where we go from here going into Mania. I feel like the Mania cards, I don't think they're the best cards are. There's not really a big, big like dream match you're used to having at Mania. But, hey, we'll see. We'll see the road to WrestleMania is on the way. We will be back. I will be doing a preview show, previewing WrestleMania for you. I'll be reviewing each night of WrestleMania for you. Um, we don't have any big shows this upcoming weekend, do we? I, think, I know there's like the Ring of Honor anniversary show. I think maybe there's an Impact pay-per-view or something. Um, but yeah, um, I think that's pretty much all I want to say. I mean, at AEW, there's not much to say. I mean, Thunder Rolls and Britt Baker had that classic match last week. That was great. Um, so yeah, AEW, obviously, we're going to go for a period now where there's not actually a lot going on as we build towards double or nothing. But yeah, it's all about WrestleMania for me for the next few weeks. So we'll get into that. Sakura Genesis, actually, two weeks. Cota versus Will Ospreay. That is going to be interesting. But yeah, we'll be back. Stay sure. I might do a podcast later on in the week. I don't want to promise if I'm not going to deliver. But the guaranteed WrestleMania preview show will be out probably the Monday or Tuesday before WrestleMania. And I'll be reviewing each um, night of WrestleMania. So yeah, subscribe to the channel. Follow me on Twitter. It's at WWE versus AEW. I want to change that Twitter handle. Um, but I'm going to sort that out over the next coming weeks. I do have some plans for the podcast after WrestleMania. A few ideas, which I'll talk to you about on a later show. Um, but yeah, that's it. End of the show. Fastlane 2021 was another very good pay-per-view item for WWE, which has been the case throughout this pandemic even. Their pay-per-views, the TVs might not have been good um, for the most part, except some good SmackDowns during the last nine months. But... 12 months, for the pandemic for 12 months, but the WWE pay-per-views have been good to very good throughout um, this pandemic, and yeah, great show, let's see, let's hope Daniel Bryan's added to this match at Mania, and yeah, we will be back to preview WrestleMania soon, so subscribe, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, Twitter is at WWE versus AEW, just search us in Apple Podcasts, you just search WWE versus AEW, um, you will find us on there, we're at, what are we on, I think we're, near, we're approaching 1,100 subscribers on YouTube, so I just want to say thanks to everyone who's subscribed on there, approaching 20,000 followers on Twitter, which is mad really, but yeah, thanks everyone for the continued support, and we will be back to preview Wrestlemania, what, two weeks, a week, but yeah, thanks for joining everyone, and I will see you next time, see you later.